What's cracking, everybody? Money Smart Guy, Matt Zapala here. Hey, Lindsay from Dallas, Texas, and welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Goals Podcast. Joining me in the studio today is my co-host, Milton Alvarez, homeboy from Chi-Town, my personal trainer. And uh, Milton, would you care to introduce our new guest today? For the very very first time, we have a guest on the podcast. And I think it's going to be a great podcast because of that. It's going to be an awesome podcast. uh, I got to Texas maybe about a year and a half ago, and she was actually one of the first few people that I met via Instagram because I was actually looking for a gym to work out of and also work at. And she's actually one of the owners at Triple D Performance Center, Miss Lexi. Hey, y'all. Nice to meet you. Lexi, tell us about yourself. Um, Well, my name's Lexi Coronado. I am originally from South Texas, Rio Grande Valley, 956. You know, RGV. RGV. Um, I am a co owner of Triple D Performance. Um, We're located in Carrollton, Texas, 14,000 foot square, uh, square foot facility, excuse me. Um, I'm a personal trainer as well. I have my bachelor's in psychology. Um, yeah, it's just a little bit about me. How'd you start your business? What, what got you to start your business? Um, the gym? Well, I, I graduated from UT Dallas, University of Texas at, Dal- uh, at Dallas. Um, go Comets. Whoosh. Um, <laughs> while I was there, I actually worked at our activity center and was a lead supervisor for the Department of Recreational Sports. So um, I kind of worked my way up there and ran the facilities and our sports facilities all together. And it kind of just um, held is really what led my passion for fitness altogether. Became a personal trainer there. Um, Took a break from it. I was in a car accident, herniated three discs in my spine, so I had to stay at the gym for about a year. But that motivated me to come back even stronger and, yeah, decided just to pursue entrepreneurship in the personal training field. So you're you're basically rehabbing for a year? Yes, on my own. Had one client actually um, up here in Dallas the entire year. Um, She was actually originally from uh, the Rio Grande Valley, too, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but got to build my experience with her, and once I was healed, I went full force in 2019. By the way, the uh, last time a uh, president, uh, or at that time was a former, uh, a soon-to-be president, visited McAllen, Texas was Trump. Trump, yeah. So uh, we'll be talking about Trump today. We'll be talking <laughs> about Andrew Tate today. We're going to be talking about college today. We're going to be talking about uh, uh, parenting and your mental well-being. It's your job to be an effective parent today. And then there's going to be some videos here that we're going to react to. Very interesting videos here uh, that's around uh, how to tell if a girl doesn't like you, who's your inner circle, Muhammad Ali on God, who lacks sex, and is New York York landlord saying that the golden age of being a landlord is over? Heads up, real estate investors out there. So, Mm. uh, by the way, in the Valley, when we were out there in the Valley, I literally did a Facebook Live video from the... Uh, the river, Rio, the Rio Grande. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing, I'm doing this thing, and I said, I said, we need to build a wall. People are like, what are you talking about? Build a wall. Blah, blah. So I, I was like, you know, making people, you know, pissed off at what mm-hmm. me saying the wall. I said, no, you need to build a wall around your life about who you let in. Let out. What are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? <laughs> so, but in McAllen, Texas, I tell you this, I couldn't find a bad taco. No, never. It's the best Mexican food ever. Period. People, people are always like, Austin this, Austin that. I'm like, no, nah. you need to go five hours south. <laughs> well, stay posted because we're got, we have some interesting news here about McAllen, uh, Texas, that even Lexi uh, didn't even know about coming from Mm-mm. McAllen. So uh, let's jump into it. Um, Trump gets indicted yesterday for the very first time a former president is arrested, in, uh, indicted, on criminal charges. So uh, let's take a look at our, our screen here real quick. So uh, Trump rages about being indicated. 
indicted in social media post about his indictment. I guess that pissed off he can't spell the word yeah. indictment. So uh, uh, he's he's basically went on a rant yesterday as you know, you know him. Mm-hmm. You know he went out there first ever. This is an attack on a country the likes of which has never been seen before. It is likewise a continued attack on once free and fair elections. The USA is now a third world nation. He so not only did he call out uh, uh, his enemies, but also was also calling out the state of this country, a nation in serious decline. So sad. Um, this this is unprecedented times. The last two weeks in the news in our world has been unprecedented times you know uh what are your thoughts here on trump getting arrested fingerprinted mugshotted this man trump man um one of the things that I, well today we're definitely speak about andrew tate as well man and one of the things that I, I i recognize about trump andrew tate and also elon musk the guy who took over uh twitter they did something that a lot of people can't do in in, in this country and that's caused disruption and that's why a lot of people don't really align with within this country, especially when they're completely being opposed and they're being questioned on their values and, 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 and what they stand on. Yep. And um, and you know what, man? The, fa- the fact that Trump spoke on the idea that uh, we're becoming a third world country, everything, I mean, everything that he's speaking on is, is aligning based off of what, what he said. Isn't, wasn't, wasn't a couple of days ago that um, we, we spoke on that uh, our currency across, yep. across the world yep. is... is uh, being replaced, right? Yep. We're, we're, they're no longer going to be utilizing uh, U.S. dollar when it comes down to trade. Um, but the thing is, my thing is, if this is what's going on, he, he has 34 charges against his name. And I think it's a minimum of what? 40, uh, 40, four years yep. per charge? Four years per charge? Um, but he pleaded not guilty, Yep. right? And I don't know, man. You, do you think all 34 of these charges are actually going to fall, fall through and Trump's actually going to be behind bars? We're going to make history on that? Here's the crazy part. You know, you, you got you got the, uh, the, the the Democratic, the liberals, right? Listen, we're not a Republican. This is not a Republican show. This is not a Democrat show. We're just observing things from a perspective of, <coughs> of somebody that wants to get ahead in this country. Yeah. And sometimes we're getting in this country uh, 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 and, and the economics of it all, policies affect how we as entrepreneurs or as investors in our in our communities and our families affect the way we make our decisions. So, um, matter of fact, can we look at this uh, on the screen real quick? Here's what it says: The thugs and radical left monsters have just in, indicted the 45th president of the United States and the leading Republican candidate. So let's just unpack that real quick. So, in other words, he believes that, and a lot of people believe that the justice system has been weaponized to arrest your political opponents. So when, when you're looking at this, that is not the way a democracy is supposed to work. It's not the way our, 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 our republic is supposed to work. So there is an attack on our country, our freedoms. They're trying to take away, there's, there's powers that be that want to take away our First Amendment, power of speech, they shut him down. 1,000%. They want to take away our guns based on what happened a couple of weeks ago. They want to tr- take that down. So there's, there's certain amendments that are looking on, on taking away the what this country has been built on, which is a very scary uh, truth about it. And you know, th- these are some of the things that um, led to the indictment. Cohen arranged hush money payments back in o- uh, 2018. Cohen is his attorney, okay? Personal lawyer and fixer for Mr. Trump. And then the DA subpoenas the Trump Organization. By the way, this attorney, the DA in New York that led these charges, but this is not a federal case, this is a state case. That's why I had to go back to New York from Mar-a-Lago, from Florida, 
to 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 be in, to fess up to the or not fess up, but to to honor the the law. And so when you're looking at this DA, he's actually downgraded 52% of felonies to misdemeanors. But he's upgraded these charges, potentially for his misdemeanors, to a Class E felony. And so you can tell that there's a lot of politics and maneuvering here that I don't think is behind closed doors. I think a lot of people can see what's happening. Lexi, what's your thoughts on this? Um... I don't know if I want to like give my transparent thoughts, but I feel like Trump has definitely incited a lot of unnecessary violence throughout people that it, it kind of deters what actual good points come from him. So despite um, there was a lot of things that he offered for business owners, entrepreneurs while he during his tenure as president, mm-hmm. um, a lot of us are focused on you know the capital attack, what he did with his how his tax yep. returns January can 6th. never yep how his tax returns, you know, are still technically hidden and how his lawyers are trying to protect that well, to they the highest actually, degree. They released it and they found out they, he's barely paying any taxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But just like, uh, we're entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. What, do we, what do we want to do? We make a lot of money and not report as much on our... Taxes. It's the taxes. Yeah. But he's just at a, he's at a billionaire, millionaire level though. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's just why we can't really focus on the... I want. I don't want to say good because people will come for me. But um, the value that he's added when he was our president. Um, apart from that, I still just think that he is a big old, and he definitely just says a lot of unnecessary things that um, just, like I said, distract the population. Think about this: you're, you're married to Donald Trump. You think about Melania right now. Think from Melania's perspective. Mm-hmm. She's dealing with this situation right now because her husband screwed a porn star. How do you feel as a wife? I mean, Imagine your husband, your husband supposedly paid hush money. And by the way, I don't think he's even denying this. He didn't say, I didn't do it in terms of paying a porn star hush money. Right? He's just mm-hmm. saying these things are, are not charges. He's not saying I didn't screw her. He's not saying I didn't sleep with her. Now he may have paid her off with all these different things, but he didn't say he didn't sleep with her. How do you feel right now as a wife? I mean, she knew who she got in bed with. I feel like if you look at giving her history as well, I mean, she's not far off track from his taste. So to me, I don't think that's very surprising. So you'd say he's got a type. Clearly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he married her, so <laughs> he has no problem with, you know, yeah. women who are um, in that career field to say. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Well, he was the, uh, he had the, uh, Miss, the, the pageants, yeah. the, the Miss America, this, this whole thing. Uh, let's go back here to the screen. So on 2019, the DA gets it. 2019, Trump lawyers sued to protect his taxes. So you're talking about tax returns earlier. Mr. Vance wins his first key victory at the U.S. Supreme Court. Investigation in, intensifies. So this is a buildup of over the years of trying to get Trump here. 2021, Supreme Court denies Mr. Trump's final bill to block the release of his returns. March 21, investigation focused uh, toward uh, top executive. Uh, 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 Alan uh, Weisselberg, Trump Organization's long-serving chief financial officer. Uh, and our seven-figure squad uh, um, YouTube channel, we did interview the former attorney for uh, uh, Trump, and um, he was actually helping him run Trump Corporation. And what he thought his thoughts were, uh, for those of you uh, on the seven-figure squad YouTube channel, you might want to look at that. Trump uh, attorney uh, exposes Donald Trump. Uh, video. 
Uh, Donald Trump organization is running a 15-year tax scheme. So you were talking about that mm-hmm. earlier too, Lexi. New Manhattan DA takes off. And that's Alvin Bragg. That's the guy that put these charges on Trump. They're both Democrats. Mr. Bragg, a former federal prosecutor, retained two of the investigation leader. Mike Palmer is an experienced former federal prosecutor, white-collar defense lawyer, Kerry Dunn, as Mr. Vance's general counsel. Now these two prosecutors resigned, leaving the investigation future in doubt. So the prosecutor that was brought on board, they resigned. They came on and said, okay, we're to do this after further investigation. Now there's a lot of legal analysts that said a pre-law student wouldn't even bring this to a judge. This is how bad these charges are. And it's outside the statute of limitations. But his investigation continues. Weisberg pleads guilty and agrees to testify against the Trump organization, the CFO of uh, Trump, uh, Trump organization. Prosecutors turn back hush money. So if there anything, uh, um, Stormy Daniels is owing legal fees of like $140,000, $150,000 back to Trump, as well as the $500,000 of quote-unquote hush money they got sent. Trump organization, they got sent to, uh, they got sent to hurt. They want it back. The Trump organization convicted, securing a significant victory for the DA. So a lot of these things have been happening behind closed doors. In the meantime... Guess what's happening in the rest of the world? A lot of madness. A lot of things that are really important. Uh, and here's the thing: Do you think this is this is you think this has helped Trump or hurt Trump? His his um, indictment. Yeah, you think this indictment, his arrest, has helped Trump or hurt Trump? Um, I think it's helped him. Weirdly enough, right? Yep. His following, his uh, the people who want to, who believe in him, who want to follow, you know, his leadership and what he has to offer us, as his popularity has grown despite, you know, social media trying to shut him down, shut his voice down, taking away his First Amendment. Like he grew his own platform. What what made it, what made it popular? Is it him being him or people against the establishment? People against being shut down, locked down, the voices silenced, being canceled. You think people are rising up because that's what he's. Yeah, I think it's because he's going against the grain, against status quo, and a lot of people find a hard time. I I feel like a lot of people, they like to follow what the media feeds them, what the government feeds them, and he uh, stepped into a powerful role and said no. (laughs) What's your thoughts, Milton? You know what, man? I'm, I'm uh, I'm online right now, and I'm looking up Democratic presidents and hush money and political parties and hush money. There's been a lineage for years on hush money. And I think just because it's Trump and because he's opposing many people's views, especially when it comes down to to the Democratic Party and and a lot of liberals, um, for the people who are completely against Trump and completely uh, for shutting him down completely, the fact that it's him, they went above and beyond to try to decipher every small detail about his, his past life or you know him in his past before, before presidency, so he can utilize that against him now. But here's the thing: one of the things that, as Lexi said, you know, I think this is actually helping him in a way, uh, at least from my perspective, is the fact that this is happening to Trump. This is actually forcing a lot of people who are his supporters, people within that political party, forcing them to step out and also do the same for other for for other parties. And now, like the magnifying glass isn't only on Trump, but now they get curious about, um, you know, how corrupt are our politics. You know, um, what's right, what's wrong, what policies are being instilled. I've never seen, at least in, in during my time, I've never seen youth. And when I say youth, I want, I want to say, you know, people of the age of 18 and above. I haven't seen them involved in, in politics, you know, my as entire, much as they are right you know, now, as, as much as they are right yeah. now. 
Yeah, it's you look back at the first way they were trying to attack him, which is the uh, the, the Russian interference, the the the, the dossier. Yeah. What was found about that? That was false. Okay. Next one, they want to find uh, the 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 conference call with Ukraine. Yeah. He's trying to say, hey, if we do this for you, you gotta was a quid pro quo. That's the mm-hmm. right. And what they find about that? That was nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they impeached him about yeah. it. But that was still nothing. And they impeached him. They impeached him again. Uh, the January sixth. Still nothing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, fourth attack. It's very obvious. And and by the way, pre politics was Trump loved. The man was loved. Everybody loved Trump. Hip hop and artists wanted to have Trump on their in his videos. And his videos. W, uh, WWE had him. Yeah, Vince Mad had him. Yeah, he fought him off. Uh, the Apprentice, yeah. uh, thirteen four, longest running show on NBC. Uh, 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 b- before uh, uh, Shark Tank, Shark Tank, I think is, is taking that over now. Yeah, but uh, let's let's look at this last clip before we, we we finish this topic on Trump. Trump can still run for president, even after his indictment and even cover from jail. <laughs> Imagine us for the first time. I mean, uh, in business, I love having the reputation of first two, but this could be a first two having a president criminally arrested, a first two president that gets elected and then thrown in jail and they can still run and govern from jail from jail from jail i don't know why i visualized an ankle bracelet around trump while he walks around the white house okay <laughs> <laughs> because uh, uh the president is 35 year u.s resident and a natural born citizen boom um the constitution does not require the president be free from indictment uh 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 conviction or prison it follows that a person under indictment or prison may run for office and may even serve as president and it, what, what mess would that send to the rest of the world if he's running our country from jail? I feel like it doesn't matter because the U.S. sends plenty of messages about us and who we are as a country, and we have no shame. So <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past us to vote for somebody that's in jail. I'm sorry. <laughs> Get ready for another looting from Chicago Part 2. Remember, remember the last oh, one we had, uh, something going on? Yeah. I think this is going to cause a lot of chaos within a lot of the blue states, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's been it's been pretty nasty, um, with diluting during um, COVID, and 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 uh, let's look at by the way, let's look at Ron DeSantis because they they Ron DeSantis, the governor from Florida, a weaponization of the legal system to because they think that he's gonna oh, like okay, good job, my opponent because both in the Republican Party, my opponent is now thrown in jail. People think that he's gonna like okay, it's time for me to yep. rise up and use this opportunity to say okay, that's why I'm the guy. But this is what he tweeted. The weaponization of legal systems advance a political agenda, turns the rule of law on its head. It's un-American. The Soros-backed Manhattan District Attorney has consistently bent the law to downgrade felonies, we were just talking about earlier, yep. and excuse criminal conduct. Yet, now, he is stretching a law to target a political opponent. Florida will now will not assist in an extradition request, in other words, because he was in Florida, mm-hmm. to get him out of Florida, yep. U.S. Marshal him back to New York, given the questionable circumstances at issue with the soros uh, backed Manhattan prosecutor and his political agenda. Well, thank God he didn't have to exercise the extradition. Imagine if that happened. If New York said, we're forcing Florida, you better fly this guy back up. And man, DeSantis saying, ah, this, this is messy business. Yeah. That, that would have been a it's in your hands. standoff. Cool. All right, so let's, let's, let's go here into uh, other news. Um, we're talking about, uh, we were talking about uh, McAllen, Texas. Uh, earlier, and so uh, some of the best places to live in America, 
Okay, uh, some of the best places to live in America. Let's go here. 10 places to play to live in America. Where your money will go furthest with inflation. We're here in Dallas now. It's kind of the same cost of living in Chicago. Wouldn't you think, Milton? It's kind of fairly similar. At least the lifestyles that we live, yes. But Right, <laughs> but thank God there's less traffic. Is there? Bro, Is I mean, there? yeah, for me it's less traffic. I don't know, man. I've been hearing a lot of the, that these, uh, well, we're considered transplants from, from the locals. We're considered transplants. Tra- trans what? We're tra- Transplants. Transplant. Oh, yeah. Transplants. <laughs> Plants. Yeah. So I, I, there's a lot of uh, local Dallas people and even people who were born and raised in Texas who aren't very fond of the people moving down south. For, sorry, Lexi. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. I, fu- I, found his, um, I found this stat on smartass.com. That study shows that McAllen has the second lowest drug poisoning mortality rate, the seventh lowest percentage of people engaging in excess drinking, and eighth lowest in violent crime rates. Sounds very, 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 very. So let's take a look at this yeah. list. Uh, so at, at uh, number 10 is McAllen, Texas. Yeah. So where's San Car- Carlos, uh, Miss McAllen, Texas over here? That, I was. Uh, you're from McAllen. I am, I'm actually from Donna, Texas, but this it's city after city after city there. Okay, it's there. like just one long highway that everything runs around, along, excuse me. Um, How many exits to get off to, to your neck of the woods there? Um, from McAllen, yeah. uh, I'd say about like seven. seven it's exits. not far. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it is not far at all. But um, McAllen altogether, um, if you're from the valley, you just know it's North McAllen, South McAllen. Yeah. You know, it's not necessarily these, you know, San Carlos Muñiz that you identify it as. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, McAllen is probably the best city to move in, uh, down there. It is very, uh, if you're business oriented, your business will thrive, yeah. to say the least. Um, but yeah, I, I, I definitely, I've told all my real estate friends, especially, um, that now is the time to go down there and buy, um, land is cheap. Building a house is cheap in comparison to what's the average house in McAllen, Texas, um, to build, build, I think the media, uh, the median, I mean, if you're looking at a normal house is 50,000, but yeah, but if you want to, if you're looking at a beautiful home that you kind of building out here in the outskirts, like what Salina prosper, you're half a million dollar home. You're looking at 200,000 there. I promise you. You need to go look at some. That's why I tell everybody like now is the time I'd say the Valley in itself is about four to five years behind in terms of, I mean, every industry. Yeah. Whether it's the sports industry, real estate, um, yeah. Restaurant industry, I say, like it is, it is behind. So now's the time. So uh, we were there a few years ago when Trump was being elected because uh, that's where he's talking about building the wall, mm-hmm. right? And I did a Facebook live of uh, build a wall, everybody build a wall, and everybody's mad at me, right? And I said, no, build a wall of you know who you let in and out of your life. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? But anyway, right there in the Rio Grande River, and all the Mexicanos said, oh, bro, is that go go down there by the tree by the stop sign? I left my chacolatas over there. <laughs> Crossing the border, but couldn't find a bad taco in McAllen, Texas. So uh, McAllen, Texas at number ten, D ball, D ball, D ball, die ball. Number nine, again another, I guess, subdivision of McAllen, Texas at number eight, mm-hmm. Bridgeport, Alabama, Sweet Home, Arkansas, not Alabama, Sweet Home, Arkansas, Little Rock, Arkansas. Shout out to Little Rock, Arkansas. Shout out to uh, to uh, uh, Jay and Dr. Julia Young out there running her office in Little Rock, Arkansas. Dilly, Texas. Where's Dilly? Dilly, 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 Dilly. I don't know where that is. Okay. South Dakota, Pine Ridge, number three, Pearl River, Mississippi. Uh, number two, uh, would you care to share that name? I, I, I keep mispronouncing it. Chattahoochee. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I found a, a city out here in Dallas called Waxahachie. So, oh, yeah. uh, so there's a Waxahachie in Chattahoochee. 
Imagine uh, where you from? I'm from the I'm from the Hoochie, baby. I'm from the Hoochie, baby. <laughs> Florida. I don't know where that's at, but uh, number one, another subdivision of McAllen, Texas. Yeah. Look at that. Heidelberg, McAllen. So, so what? Uh, I went down there and um, I found out what the biggest employers were in McAllen, Texas. It was a, ho- a lot of hospitals out there, solid hospitals and uh, schools. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what other businesses are down there in, in McAllen, Texas? Um, I'd say a lot of people go out and work in the oil rigs. I'd say they find, uh, especially they don't pursue, yeah. Um, I'd say of surrounding areas, Victoria, Alice, um, that they migrate, and it's like maybe an hour and a half outside of the valley, so it's not a, I mean, it's kind of like a drive in Dallas if you're (laughs) driving from downtown to Frisco, downtown to North Dallas. So um, I'd say that's one of the most popular jobs as well. Um, I'm trying to think, because it's been, I've I've been here in Dallas, so I'd say permanently for eight years. But I go home every year, and it's it's growing. I think the restaurant industry is probably what's growing the most in the entertainment Services, industry. Yeah, okay. yeah, service altogether. Um, there's only one strip down there of um, nightlife, and it's called Seventeenth Street. Yeah. Um, and how many clubs? Pro- when I first graduated back in 2014 from high school, I'd say there was like a handful, maybe six, okay. eight. And now it's, it's, it's I'd bumping. say there's 20. Yeah. Uh-oh. And it's, it's like a deep element out there. Yes. It's really? expanded to food trucks. Um, like I said, the whole service industry is expanding. Um, and on the flip side, I think the sports industry is growing down there. I think a lot of um, where I went to school, a lot of people would come over from the border. Um, I was uh, going to school in Hidalgo, actually. So they would come over, go to school, then walk back. Across the border. Mm-hmm. So they get American education to go back to Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So family was living in Mexico. They would just have their kid walk over and then come back, which nice. I think it was a great way to Reminds come. Reminds me of Tijuana and yeah. uh, Mexicali, uh, Calexico. Yeah, on the yeah. Southern border. Yeah. 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 But um, listen, uh, uh, I'll say this selfishly. If uh, you want to open up a business in McAllen, Texas, a lot of, a lot of Latino there, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Of course, right? Yes. A lot of, a lot of uh, Spanglish yep. uh, action going on there too as well. Open up an insurance business. We got a lot of people out there that need money. Uh, assistance, education, financial literacy. Open up a business in McAllen, Texas, uh, in the insurance industry. Um, there's a lot of realtors out there or, or, or mortgage people out there, but a financial services business, bam. If you teach people the rules of the money game and get the financial products and services that help them secure that wealth for the family that they're fighting for to come here in America uh, to build, you can thrive there in McAllen, Texas with that type of business. Speaking of the insurance business, let's go to this next topic here. The best ways to invest your cash Right now. So Lexi, I want to ask you this question. How did you, how did you get your financial education? How did you uh, get aware of, of money from a, a woman's perspective of, of finance? Because uh, men treat money differently than women. I've been married now. I can see my wife do. I got daughters, so I can see they, they treat money differently. I do. Uh, well, not the Valley, that's for sure. I'd say the education from the Valley was um, not very good, to say the least. <laughs> Um, I'd say going to UT Dallas and really surrounding myself, it's a very cultured school. So you have, uh, it's very diverse, um, Asians, Middle Easterns, and I'd say just hanging around different demographics. Cause I grew up around 99%, um, you know, Mexican population that kind of did help me have a different type of view when it came to money. And, um, then I got into the healthcare, um, administration right after college and working side by side with my administrator. I used to judge him at first with every time I walked to his computer, it was always, always sheets pulled up. Just looking at the bank account, looking at the accounts receivable. Oh, sheets, looking at catch accounts, it, like sheets, Google yeah. Sheets. Yeah, okay. uh, accounts receivable, accounts payable. Every time I walked up to his desk and I'm like, 
okay, like, do you have nothing else to do? But on the flip side, the way, you know, he would have grown the private practice uh, with the doctors, I saw, and mm -hmm. I, I constant conversations with him. He was 63 at the time before um, I got out of the practice. Um, a lot of conversations with him. And he actually is Persian, so I think just his experience coming from um, Iran, and um, I think he came and got his uh, bachelor's in uh, agriculture, but still found his way over to healthcare. Healthcare is where the money's at as well. Um, I have to give it to him. Though we bumped heads, yeah. a lot of our conversations definitely helped me um, take that leap of faith and pursue um, my business as an entrepreneur. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So when, when you're looking at uh, money, best ways to invest your cash right now, let's look at this uh, the article here in, uh, uh, in, in Fortune magazine. Um, move your cash to new to a new high-yield home. Uh, in my workshops, I always talk about the four homes of money because money needs a home. Money needs to be protected. Money needs to thrive and grow. And so here are some of the, uh, uh, here's some of the homes. Uh, to find a new home for that cash to earn a better rate, especially when you consider that inflation is up to 6% year over year. In other words, if your money isn't growing more than 6%, and let's say you, your money's only growing at 3%, you got a pay raise this year from your employer at 1% or 2%, you are behind the money curve. In other words, your money today is less than what is last year due to inflation. So uh, uh, taking advantage of these things um, that we're going to be talking about here will help you potentially um, uh, get uh, get further ahead. So um, where are the uh, where are the uh, things here? So let me just uh, no, so number one, um, high yield. They talk, they talk about high yield savings. I don't know where it's uh, where they put it in this in this article. Uh, so here, high yielding insured savings accounts is a great way to maximize the power of compounding. Of course, people are feeling a little weary about what's going on with the banks. Again, if your account is less than two hundred fifty thousand dollars and your bank is FDIC insured, um, and the bank goes under, um, again, FDIC insurance, but ask the bank if they paid the premium for their FDIC insurance coverage to make sure your money, if it's less than $250,000. I think Giannis, Giannis A14, I believe is the face of the NBA, not a franchise, but the NBA, he split his money to multiple banks just to make sure that if those banks went under, at least the FDIC insurance can come in and get his money back. Um, re, he says, rejigger your contributions. A lot of investors set up automatic withdrawals from the paycheck to their 401k or from their checking account to savings brokerage or Roth IRA accounts or insurance accounts. It's a helpful strategy, but it can mean that it needs adjusting from time to time. It may, it may be a good time to consider where you're allocating your extra cash. But before you move your money around, first take a holistic approach and not only look at where, how you're investing, but what the goals are for the long term, for, for the long term financial planners recommend. By the way, when it comes to money, History favors those who plan for the long term. Uh, lots of times people make emotional decisions in the short term, causing them uh, uh, unnecessary losses that they could otherwise have earned had they not moved their money. Um, like, for example, uh, uh, Milton, Lexi, when do you want to buy things? When they're at full retail price or when they're on sale? Discount, man. Discount all the way, right? You like, mm -hmm. right? If, yeah. I, if, I, if I got some, uh, what, what's about what's your brand? What, what's your? Are you a Prada girl? Are you a Louis girl? Are you a Gucci girl? No, it's funny that you asked this because I really don't care for her name brand stuff. Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. She's I'm an Under Armour girl. She's a Triple D girl. Yeah. I'll, 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 I'll get my own brand. Triple but yeah, D. Nike is probably the most name yeah. brand I'd pursue, but otherwise, like, I don't really care. Yeah. That's it, by the way, that's kind of like on your list of. Uh, 
checklist stuff. By the way, my wife. That's I, wild. Bro. That's wild. You remind me of my wife because I, I get that my wife uh, a, a YSL bag. I got her Burberry bag. I got her. I got all these. I, if you go inside my wife's closet, I got four different bags I got for her. What does she bring? Samsonite backpack. Yeah. <laughs> you can at least knock the dust off. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Can you help us understand why you're not like a brandish type of girl? Like you, we're gonna we're not gonna find you with a big purse. What, um, what's your perspective on that? I'd say growing up, the way I did it was um, I don't say in poverty, but it was a paycheck to paycheck lifestyle. A single mom, you know, it was it was um, very. We were not frivolous, so I think I took that with me and valued the things that were more important to me. Experiences. Um, You'll find me spending money on trying new food or maybe uh, going on a trip that somewhere I've never been before, before I'm like, huh, I want to buy this bag. I don't know. I feel like bags lose value. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can head over to Mexico and just get a nice little <laughs> dupe bag. I know. I just, you, you can get a Fuji. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. I'm curious. Folex. Yeah, I'm curious to, the, to, to that comment and to, to, to uh, this dynamic. The idea of being so infatuated with brands and, and, and you know purses and makeup and all these other things. Now, this may be far-fetched to ask. Do you guys think this is more of a feminine-like energy that r- really go for those type of things versus the masculine type of energy that are more conservative, they really don't care, they're more on the laid-back side? It, now, and now, the reason I ask that is because the way you described your upbringing, um, I would assume based off of what you said, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I would assume that because of the way you were brought up, you know, single mom, XYZ, financial issues, do you feel that that on some level placed you in a position where it forced you to uh, attain some form of masculine energy, you know, trying to be that stronghold in your household to help your mom or to help your family, you know, whether it's emotional strength, mental strength, just being there, which kind of, ro- not, I don't want to say robbed you of that feminine energy, but kind of took that concept of way of like, oh, I want all the shiny, glamorous, you know, diamonds and purses and X, Y, Z. So would, would you guys say that it's that it could be feminine energy? I don't know if it was feminine because, I mean, I was coming through high school. I wanted the uh, starter jackets. Yeah. I wanted the J's. Yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with feminine energy. I think it has everything to do with identity. I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually go off on a little tangent um, and get away from the materialism and talk about... Um, Instagram and the blue check marks. Mm. So, oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, so Instagram made $660 million in a span of a day almost, um, getting off with everybody who purchased those blue check marks. I feel like people search for validation and look to be accepted and, and seen in a different light when you have you know these blue check marks and let's translate that to real life. When you have these bags, when you're wearing these shoes, when you know you're sporting the the newest Balenciaga, whatever. I don't did I even say that right? That's how you know I'm not even familiar. It's like I just really think that people have there's more of an identity issue than it is, you know, masculine, feminine energy. Hopefully that makes sense. By the way, look, can you share my screen real quick to to your point. Instagram had a whopping six hundred sixty <laughs> mil and it by selling 44 million blue checks for $15 a month each. By the way, it's monthly. Yeah. yeah. So it's $15 a month each, so it's 660 million a month if people want to keep paying the monthly subscription for the, for the blue check mark. So um, I also want to say this uh, before I, I lose this thought. The massive, this is April's financial literacy month. The massive underinsured, life underinsurement of American studies, about 100 million Americans are underinsured, meaning if I have a family, if I have responsibilities, people uh, are dependent upon me taking care of them, I am underinsured. Something happens to me that if I die or I get disabled, people are financially suffering because of my lack of financial responsibility with insurance. But insurance can take care of that. 
So I asked my agents today to see what $15 a month. So would you pay, Lexi, would you pay? Uh, uh, and by the way, shout out to Vivian Bacon. Uh, shout out to Andre Ducille. Shout, uh, shout out to Cassie for sending me these quotes. Would you pay to get $100,000 uh, um, at 25 years old? You can get for 13 bucks a month, $100,000 for your family. <laughs> so notice something happens to you, $100,000 goes to your family. Or something happens to you, heart, ooh, if you get into a car accident and you can't help yourself, a portion of $100,000 can help you put money in your pocket so therefore you can pay them the mortgage, the, the business uh, mm-hmm. rent, your employees. Okay, so would you pay 15 bucks a month for $100,000 at 25? Th- uh, and then let's say you're 30, it's $14. Let's say you're 35, it's fourteen seventy-eight. So see how small incremental mm-hmm. that charges? So 13 bucks to 14 bucks to 50 bucks between 25, 30, and 35 years old for $100,000 of cash, it pays you not only a death benefit, but also a living benefit if you are alive in case something happened to you, you survive a heart attack, you survive a stroke, you survive an accident, a portion of $100,000 can come your way for 15 bucks a month. So 44 million people said, I'd rather get a blue check mark instead. Versus saying, let me take care of my family and responsibilities. So what do you think the motivation for people to get the blue check mark is all about? Is it the Gucci bag? The, 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 the Louis bag uh, it's, mentality? It's, yeah, it is. It's just feeling like they have an identity. A lot of people don't actually... I feel like it's because of social media, a lot of people have found it harder to find their purpose, their niche, um, what they're more inclined to do, and um, why they're here to serve. Do you think it's a, you think they should have more of a, a higher criteria or barrier to entry to get a blue check mark? Instead of just paying 15 bucks a month? I mean, on Instagram side, absolutely not. They knew exactly who the target audience was and their demographic, and that's why everybody bought it up. So on, on their end, they I didn't mean, care. nope, they got their money. They saw Elon Musk do it for Twitter. Mm-hmm. They're gonna, they're gonna, and Zuck said, I'm going to do that for, for mm-hmm. Insta. Yeah. I mean, that's more money in their pocket. I don't blame them. They That was phenomenal on their end. Uh, on the flip side, in terms of how it affects people mentally, their identity, like, I, I feel like people have, we're in an identity crisis. <coughs> So I like personal identity crisis, personal. Yes. Individually. And also as a country, Mm -hmm. uh, I'll tell you this, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be on here to admit I paid 15 bucks a month for it, but again, I have 360,000 followers Yeah. because a, a couple of reasons why I did it. Number one, um, about a year ago, two years ago, uh, last year I got hacked and someone was trying to get me to send me 35,000 bucks to, uh, unlock my, uh, my, you remember that, they, yeah. they, they, they completely shut down my IG. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start another one from brand new. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not getting hustled here. I'm being social media bullied, whatever case that is. I'm just going to start a new one. You're not going to get to 35000 for me. And then I went to PR agency, Lexi, and he says, well, okay, now that it's back up, you can pay us 15000 bucks, and we'll call our buddies at Instagram to make sure you get a blue check mark, right? And I'm talking to another buddy of mine. He's an NFL player. He says, yeah, the, the NFL team went to go visit Instagram and basically they formed a line. Who, even in college, they're like, okay, you're blue check, blue check, blue check. So unless you're in the know, because how many times have I submitted my information to get my verification and I never got it verified? And the reason why I'm doing it too is because there's, I don't know, 30 accounts of me, fake accounts of me, money smart guys with an S at the end, trying to get you to get into crypto or, or day trading. So I did it to protect my audience. Yeah. That I am who I say I am. But then, then again, there's people out there with 400 followers. They got a blue check mark. 
Hundred. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I do think the criteria is very different from like your circumstances yeah. versus somebody who's just like, I want to be noticed and don't actually have much going for myself. I do think there should have been criteria with what value do you provide? You know, what are you uh, posting on your Instagram that could serve people, um, help them grow? Yeah, feed pics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what's 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 your thought on uh, what's your thought on uh, blue checks? Uh, same thing, man. I think well, this is this is something that I that I also started doing. Um, I think for me personally, it was more of a, of a business move for for reach. I noticed that when that when we uh, acclimated that itself, the reach became a lot, little bit further. The DMs became a little bit more packed, and for some reason, because a lot of people do find their identity on, on social media, as Alexi said, and for some reason, when they see that blue check mark, that edifies them on some level, especially when it comes down from people who really don't utilize social media that much, don't understand the algorithm or the, the business aspect of it, and they just see an automatic blue check mark. They, for some reason, they feel like there's more weight on what that person has to say. So I've utilized that for my own personal business, and I've also noticed that there's been increase in traffic in my in, in on on my uh, in my DMs. There's been increase in my revenue uh, on a month to month. There's been so much more increase on the amount of calls that I've gotten from people trying to fly me out to different states to work with their teams versus where I was then, right? And I'm not saying it's you know for some people it might say oh yeah it's it's just the blue check mark that made it happen because they see it and I'm like holy shit. Yeah. This is this is what you know. He's he's a legit guy, and yeah. then some of it could be also okay. This guy's been posting consistently for the last uh, you know couple months, and I see yeah. I like his stuff, and okay, I'm, I'm just gonna get, I'm gonna give it a shot. But I think that's more of a reinforcement, uh, at least for me, it's more of a reinforcement. Like okay, you know, it's for people who don't really understand that again the 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 business aspect of how to use social media for their business. I think that's a, an advantage versus yeah. like as you said, people who have a hundred to three hundred followers on on Instagram yeah, they, and they just use it for yeah. whatever reason. Yeah selfies or whatever the case may be and they have it then i understand that it's yeah. more of a cloud chasing mm-hmm. yeah. yeah cloud chasing type of type of move yeah I, I think if uh if it matters i mean there should be different criteria in order for you to get the blue check mark uh it should, you just can't have 100 followers and you just started you know 30 days ago yeah because then it also reduces the value. The, the value of of the blue check mark mm-hmm. uh and speaking of identity in in, in uh, this next topic here you're talking about identity and denny as an individual growing up as a parent raising um, their children, um, this this next article, if uh, Jordan, if we go to this one right here, um, parents right now are feeling that uh, excuse me, majority Americans now thinking that a college degree isn't worth it. Okay, and here's a couple of reasons why: the National Assessment of Education Progress results show that only 24 percent of Texas eighth graders are proficient in math and 23 percent in reading, the lowest scores in two decades. Uh, Texas public schools, especially those low-income populations, have been failing students for over a decade. An education bill has been introduced to provide education savings accounts, ESAs, to eligible families providing relief in the form of $8,000 to use for education expenses such as tuition, tutoring, textbooks, and therapies. Um, However, education freedom is the best way to level the playing field. And with ESAs education, funding flows to students instead of the school systems. Uh, But when families have greater control of the children's education, public schools perform better because they are driven to compete to attract and keep students. It's time for Texas policymakers to stand strong and finally put students first by reforming the education system and ensuring that funding allows students, not systems. With that being said, I got caught up in the first figure there that 24% of Texas eighth graders and 23% are proficient in proficient in reading. But the flip side is I'm pretty sure they know what gay BCs are. I'm pretty sure they know what, uh, uh, what, they, what their pronouns are. 
I'm pretty sure they're really proficient now in what type of gender they want to identify as, which is crazy. The last couple of decades, and by the way, I'm talking about things right now that just didn't get incorporated last year, but it's been slowly getting massaged into the education system. And Lexi, uh, 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 Milton, I mean, matter of fact, me and you don't have a college degree, but we're entrepreneurs. Yeah. Okay, Lexi, you're you're a, you're a college graduate. Mm-hmm. What what's your thoughts on getting a college degree? Well, I want to actually touch up on the statistics. So I actually come from uh, the low-income population to where um, our education, excuse me, education system was terrible. I do think the only reason I was able to advance where I did and as far as I did into college was because my my dad was a teacher. So he was involved in the district and was able to actually, I got tutoring on the side from him and I was finished with college math by the time I was a freshman in high school. So I feel like I had a different experience growing up versus your low income, um, which kind of gave me a different um, perspective going into college. When I was in college, for me, it was always... Where'd you go? Uh, UT Dallas. Oh, okay. wait, uh, high school? Uh, or uh, college. Yeah, UT Dallas. So um, I I loved it there. It was uh, I was there for three years, finished in three years, came in with 40 college credits. Damn, I just zoomed finished in three through. years? Yeah, because I, I, I took college. She's I educated, had... man. That's <laughs> But as somebody who is does have my degree, I'm not utilizing it at all in what I'm doing right now. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a personal trainer. I work with people, psychology. It did give me a little advantage, but I don't think I've utilized anything. So, How much is college per year? I was on a four-ad scholarship, so I would say... By the way, do it. If, if you can get a four-ad scholarship, do it. Yeah. yeah. Do it. Yeah. About, what about the ones that weren't uh, in, in position of... You know, having a, was it a education? It was an education scholarship. Good for yeah. you. Thank you. What was your GPA? Um, coming from to get a high full, school. To get a full ride scholarship. Uh, 3.96. Damn. Yeah, I was valedictorian in my old high school, graduated 5 out of 596 in high school. Sorry, I'm not modest. 5 out of 596? Yes. <laughs> Damn. I was a little nerd, still a nerd. <laughs> I worked out with a 2.2. Bro, two point, I was I was two point two <laughs> just to stay on the just to stay because I was good in gym. Lexi's off here getting hot. It's okay, Lexi. It's okay. Do your thing, baby girl. So but, so yeah. Um, I'd say um, I forgot the point I was making the, with yeah the, um, yeah the point was with the cost of it because you're able to go through right. Through it. If, um, my advice, well, to be honest, my advice is if you don't have um, the grants, you don't get the scholarship. Don't go straight to a university because you will get the same type of credits and classes um, at a less at a lesser cost at um, uh, what is it a community like, college like a juco yeah. Yeah, yeah I'd say go that route and then if you feel like whatever you're pursuing requires further education I'd say you know pursue that university but I feel like that's only a STEM. I don't think that uh, with everything else, when it comes to even just social media, entrepreneurship, whether you're pursuing, you know, me it was the personal training side. If you're pursuing insurance, whatever the case is, I think you're much better off working under somebody that, um, you know, shadowing somebody, being mm-hmm. an intern for somebody, um, going and finding a job that's going to build your experience. Jobs nowadays they don't even really care for education. Just on the STEM side, they'll have your required master's, required doctorate, whatever it is. Yeah. But if you look and you go on Indeed and you look on those all those qualifications, they want five, six, seven years experience. Still even if, for you, have, a if you have a college degree but no experience, mm-hmm. and that's still, still not hiring you. Right. And you know, I have there's somebody close in my life who actually um, has a hard time finding a job, and, and um, they actually have their masters. Um, wow. From prestigious universities, so it's like 
No, I think your your networking is what matters and your experience and who you're working under. I think yeah. that's where our education system is failing us as well, um, just with K-12, through is I don't think we're being taught the right things. Nobody teaches yeah. you financial literacy. We're learning about, you know, the government. We're learning uh, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. And to be honest, till this day, I've never used that in my life. But I think we're being taught the wrong things, and it all starts from... Um, you know, our education system as um, adolescents. Yeah. I just remember the periodic table, H2O and CO2, O2, that's it. I'm done. Those, those three. <laughs> <laughs> so if you didn't have a scholarship, how much would UT Dallas have cost? Um, I mean, don't quote me because I don't know. I don't know the, uh, the amount now, but I think tuition was about 20K a year. If I'm not mistaken, and that's just tuition. That's just tuition. That's not housing. That's not books. How much are books? Um, like I want to say I spent about twelve hundred on, on uh, yeah per, per, per semester. semester Thereabout. Because um, it's not just books. Sometimes it's programs that they require yeah. you to buy, sure. um, and just little things throughout. Um, or if there's specific readings, not just textbooks, they'll um, have you find like readings for British literature and whatnot. Specific yeah. um, readings that you'll have to go through, and all on your dime. Because <laughs> one of the enemies to wealth is having to pay interest and other people before you start paying yourself, and the money doesn't grow and compound for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I have three older kids. I have a 28-year-old son and twin girls are 21. None of them have a college degree, but they're all working. They're all very happy, no debt. And all the friends, debt, this, this. And it was worse. You spend 20,000 a year, plus maybe another 20,000 in room and board and 2,400 bucks in books. And they're coming in there from a capitalistic dad. And my fear would be them coming into a college class a year later, two years later, three years later. Hey, dad, you're so greedy. Why are you a millionaire? Why don't you give it to other people? So in other words, I'm afraid of the indoctrination of the liberal conversation into a capitalistic, conservative dad that isn't Republican, that isn't Democrat, that's just me just being a steward of my money yeah. and, and grounded in my faith and, and, and beliefs. I don't want my kids bad, you know, bad naming me because here I am busting my tail to make them, you know, make them an opportunity, give them an opportunity to go to college, and now they're hating her dad because all the friends are saying the same type of stuff. Were you, were you experiencing that in college with the, you know, uh, socialist, you know, you know, billionaires are bad and did you, you did? Yeah, wow. I'd say I did, especially because like I told you, it was very diverse there and if you look into, Even if in you're Dallas. familiar with, wow. well, yeah, in Dallas, but if you look into, um, if you're familiar with cultures and, you know, what different cultures push, I think, you know, there's a reason why you have a lot of, um, I'd say, uh, to me personally, I've, there's Middle Easterns, um, Africans, and Asians who find more success in the STEM field because they're pushed towards that direction. Um, so it's bound by nature. There's a lot of, I have friends personally who've pursued, who've dropped out of school, pursued the entrepreneurship route, and parents mm-hmm. frowned upon that yep. because that's just not the societal norm. Yep. So I do think that with, you know, education system comes certain norms and stereotypes that a lot of people think that they have to follow. Um, and it wasn't until I decided to get out of the healthcare field and pursue, um, you know, fitness, health and wellness through my gym where I started really expanding my mind and realizing like there's much more to this than what the education system has, you know, taught me and made me believe. Mm -hmm. Um, let's, let's, uh, let's jump into this, uh, 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 link here about 8,000 steps a day. How how much is 8,000 steps a day? So how do you how does somebody quantify eight thousand steps to cut mortality to risk? What is eight thousand steps? 
Buy yourself a Fitbit or an Apple Watch, man. One of the easiest things. Is it like a quarter mile? Is it a half mile? Or I mean, I don't know. What does it translate to? Really? What, yeah. Let's Is see. It? Anyway, it cuts mortality. Oh, uh, uh, walking eight thousand steps is fun. I should four read miles. the article. Four miles. I should four read the article. Four miles a day. <laughs> <laughs> it's about four miles. But my mother's got a thing for 10,000. 10, was it 10,000 yeah, steps? It's, 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 eight to, it's 8 to 10 is yeah. what the recommended rate is. I tell my clients the same thing. But yeah, even if you know some people can't afford the Fitbit, they can't afford the Apple Watch, there's actually, if you go on your phone, I yeah. don't know about Androids. Sorry, I'm the iPhone gang. Here you go. Okay, go my iPhone, go where? If you go to the health app, if you type in health, yep. and you go into, um, it'll say activity. Yep. And there should be steps there. Mm-hmm. And if you keep your phone on your person, it pretty much tracks your steps for you. Wow. So if you don't have to go make that. Oh, I've, shit. I was already doing it. I've already got 899 steps from this morning. That's perfect. And your that's only when your phone only counts when it's on your person. So if you're having it down and you're walking around everywhere, it's not even counting that. So I encourage my clients to, because I don't, I'm not going to get into the emissions of the Apple Watch and wearing it, whatever. This is cool. Yeah. So if, if you just have weird, like you don't like wearing watches or you don't like, you know, having that on your person, I'd say 100% keep your yeah. phone on your person and try and track that way. Cool. You know, you and, no, yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, there's different ways because I know I, I don't know if you experienced this, like for, for, for a lot of my clients, like, for example, Matt, I, I can I think he can vouch for me in this. I've told him multiple times, like, hey, man. You know, when are you going to go do your cardio? He's like, <sighs> you know, <laughs> or, you know he's, he's diving me out, man. He's, he's a part of your life, man. Cause, you know, you, you know, he's he's a big networking guy. And, you know, when, you, when you're heavily involved in the amount of network that he does, you know, he's going to involve, you know, a little bit of liquor. And it's going to involve some smoking some cigars just so you can fellowship and talk to people. And I want to make sure that his lungs are in a good place. And, you know, sometimes I, you know, since I know he's, he's not doing his, his cardio due to the fact that he's consistently busy. I try to up uh, the way we, we work out at the gym by combining multiple exercises into one one big giant set. Um, but you know, for the people who don't like the idea of getting on a treadmill and going going for a run, jog, or ro- walk, there's multiple ways that you can actually you know get your steps in. And it's as easy as what I see on your Instagram, walking with your dog, yeah, adorable, my favorite thing. adorable dog. You know, catching up with a friend. You know, if you're gonna uh, if you if you have a call for your business, jump on that call and go outside your office, just walk around a little bit. You know, uh, ditch the email. Like if you if you're working in an office with someone and their office is like four or five doors down. Instead of sending them an email or calling them, walk over to their office. You know, during if you're at home during during commercial breaks, whether you're watching a show or you're on Netflix, whatever the case may be, you know, during those during those breaks, once one episode is over, get up and you know take a couple steps. Implementing any form of walking nowadays, I you know I have a one of my friends who lives here in Dallas, 23 year old kid. The man does not get off the couch when he comes when it comes down to eating. All he does is Uber Eats, Uber Eats, Uber Eats. Sheesh. And we have a grocery store literally walking distance from our household. We can easily get up and walk out there. But here's the thing. Also, walking is, an, is amazing for your lower back. And many people don't understand that. You know, uh, two weeks walking can actually help your lower back. It, it, it increases your blood flow to your lower back. And um, because obviously when you have decreased physical activity, it can cause small blood vessels in your spine to become constricted, which reduces blood flow to your spinal muscles. But walking around... Helps them open up those blood vessels, increasing the supply of oxygen and nutrients through these muscles, which then also loosens you up. Whenever I pin you on, on, on the table mm-hmm. and I tell you, hey, get up, walk a little bit, you'll start noticing that as you start walking a little bit more. That's when I start feeling. You start the, feeling the, the release. Yeah. And it also, it flushes out all those toxins within within, 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 within your body as well. Yeah. So look, just 
8,000 steps, it's, it's more than just, you know, walking and burning some calories. It, it's helping, you know, your, your, your body as a whole and also increasing uh, oxygenated blood to your brain, which then also increases your cognitive and yeah. helps you remember things and helps you recall things a little bit better and process life a little bit better as well on a physiological right. standpoint. Yeah, I mean, the way yeah. you get me to do my cardio too is like you, you give me very little rest in between sets. I'm like, this guy's like, bro, can I just can we get a minute real quick, bro? Like, <laughs> you know, just like, so you're right. I said, bro, you, you, you haven't done another set, bro. I guarantee you're doing mouth to mouth. Mouth to mouth. <laughs> my, my CPR thing's uh, expired, man. So good luck with that. <laughs> it's about to be a nice little lawsuit against me. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Um, what, what's your thoughts on, on making sure people get their steps in and, and, and stay active? Because for me, going to the gym helps me out with mental health. I mean, you're, 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 you have a psychology degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, just working out on, just exercising and the, keeping the body moving. When I wasn't moving my body, that's when a lot of things just started mm-hmm. uh, uh, decaying. And he's been working with me the last three years now to undecay, mm-hmm. bust that rust off me because, you know, 17 years of military injury, I was like, I, could, I can't move anymore. I'm just making a lot of excuses without accountability. Yeah. What, what's, what's your experience? Well, firsthand experience, I'd say um, I was clinically diagnosed with depression and anxiety at one point, And um, I was put, uh, I really trialed and aired everything uh, before getting put on medication. I was on medication for 30 days and I was like, I absolutely cannot do, do this. Wow. It was Celexa and I was just like, I can't. And um, it's so crazy. You know, I, I hear that more and more often these days. They're, yeah, they're just, doctors resort to it. And, you know, I, it's worked for some people, but um, I think that for me, it just didn't. And I was like, I need a way out. And I found my way to the gym. And it was actually came in, uh, became like a, a scapegoat for me. I loved it. I fell in love with it. I was able to zone out even just it started with walks. Um, and it's funny how you said, you know, if you have, if you're, you know, at an office, whatever you go walk, there was a receptionist at my office. She was 65 years old and it never failed after lunch. She'd eat her lunch. And then she was just walking around the building. She walked three, four, five times. She's like, I got to get my steps in. I'm like, you have no excuse. Neither do I. Um, so that's when I started doing, I started my walks with her and then I just started packing my bag that kind of started really uh, for, formulating really good habits for me. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I preach to my clients now. Like, um, during our consultation, I asked them, I'm like, do you know how many steps a, a day you get in? I'm like, no. Then I walk them through the app, say, hey, or through the phone, they show me, and they're like, oh, I only get, I only average 2,000? Mm. How am I supposed to get 10? Well, and that's when I start giving them examples. They're like, oh, it's really that easy. And yeah. then boom. It's made the hugest difference for me. I mean, I lost, I went from, you know, staying away from the gym to just even getting my walks in and just with my three times a week of resistance training, and I lost 45 pounds. So... Yeah, it's 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 a game changer for sure. Like a lot of people are just like, is it really that simple? I'm like, it is. We as humans have a tendency to make things more complex than they yeah. really need to be. So yeah, so, I, I encourage people to get out. And the weather's nice now in Dallas. Well, I mean, it woke up and it was like 40 this morning, but for the most part, it's nice. So yeah, everybody needs to get out. Your body is your temple. This guy's mm-hmm. temple, man. Take care of your temple. Because if you're out there, you want to go out there and talk to people about the good Lord, the big man upstairs. Uh, you're gonna have hard time doing it if you're breathing hard. And, uh, and I always also say this too, if people, if you want to talk to people about your savior, you want to talk to people about your faith, you want to talk to people about your product, your service, whatever the case may be, and you're not looking the part and people are, you know, sadly, I'm not saying that it's right, but would you agree that people judge a book by its cover? By its cover? They do. Right? I lost the, I, I, you know, I had a pretty good clientele when I started out in uh, 2020, the pandemic actually made 
my career and I'm so grateful for that. But when I finally mm-hmm. lost that weight, that yeah. I shed those extra pounds, I definitely say my business was a lot more successful than what it was Because before. you looked the part. Yes, because I looked the part. Of course. I, I remember I, 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 when I got out of the military, for maybe about two weeks, I, was, I thought I was going to be personal training. I was working at uh, Bally's, mm-hmm. right? Shout out Bally's. Shout out Bally's, which is now uh, what, LA, LA, is it LA Fitness now? LA Fitness bought it out. And so I remember the, the, the number one person trades making six figures a year. I'm like, really? You can make six figures in training? Yeah, okay. And then next thing you know, the guy had a pot belly. I'm like, how's this guy making six figures as a damn trainer? And I find out what his clientele was. It wasn't, it wasn't the people that was looking a certain, certain way. It was just, it was just weird that, that he can have a, a pot belly. And, but he just knew what exercises to, to run. But a lot of his clientele were, you know, three, four, 500 pound folks were around. So in other words, around him, they didn't feel so intimidated. Mm. Yeah. But maybe a person that's jacked, you know, uh, they may not, you know. So uh, just like, it depends on your your, your niche and niche in, in, in business. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of, speaking of uh, people that find their niche, this guy called out the establishment. This guy called out everybody. Uh, woke up uh, young men around the world. Was the most Googled, searched man on the internet. But Andrew Tate recently just got released from prison. Um, if we can look at this article here, right here, uh, Jordan Freed Andrew Tate says he has absolute clarity of thought after house arrest release from jail. And by the way, this is what he looked like after house arrest. Finally got to smoke a cigar. And for those of you that Andrew Tate, bro, does he look bigger? Yeah, he looks thicker, man. He looks thicker, man. Boy's thick. Dad bod. What's the dad bod part? The belly? Yeah. Okay. Well, he, he couldn't do cardio. I know. I know. <laughs> but apparently this is the way he was walking in jail. Yeah. And he, did, he said he did something like seven, 7,000 push-ups yeah. uh, while he was in 60 days. Um, but uh, after his release, Tate claimed that there's 0% chance of him being found guilty of something he did not do. Because uh, he said that there had been, he'd been in 24-hour lockdown since last year and had absolute clarity of mind. And uh, they believe that he's in some part of human trafficking, rape, and crime gang offenses. And guess what? They still haven't charged him with anything. So they put him for two months under yeah. ho- under under arrest, twenty four hour lockdown, without any charges. I'm not gonna uh, I'm not gonna uh, force a, a narrative that's not there. But uh, not, in addition to him, uh, six women have been identified as his victims, but four have been charged. Him and his brother has been charged. Tristan and two other women as part of his crew. And apparently, there's six women have been identified as prosecutors uh, by prosecutors as victims. What's your thoughts uh, overall, Lex? I'm just in- I'm curious. A lot of women today hate this guy. Andrew Tate for his misogyny, his, his uh, prejudice against women? Yeah. Um, I don't, actually. There's a lot of points that I that he's made and that has surfaced online that a lot of people focus on that I think are very true. Like I said, um, we kind of touched on it a little earlier with Trump uh, and figures such as that. Like, when you go against the grain of the status quo, like, you are already, like, disliked yeah. strongly. Um, there's been no proof of anything. A lot of people have recanted. I think the women what recanted their points as well. Um, I I believe in due process. And if they haven't found anything, I mean, even house arrest, I feel like he should have just never posted the video that showed where he was at and he would probably still be out doing his thing. Um, in terms of the misogynistic views, um, I think a lot of uh, I think a lot of women right now don't like uh, people in general. But mm-hmm. in term, we're talking about misogyny right now. Um, 
we've veered away as a society from uh, traditionalism when it comes to a woman, and a, man. a woman, her role, marriage. Yeah. Um, we talked about feminism and masculine, mm-hmm. uh, being masculine. Um, I think with the more independence that women have established, which is great, I'm all about, you know, mm-hmm. women empowerment. And of I love, you know, I, I have only have female clients. I love mm-hmm. women. Um, I think we have veered away a little bit because of the social media, um, the impact of social media and how we view things. We've never been exposed to these type of opinions of, you know, I could I could learn somebody's opinion across the world in a, in a matter of seconds, you know what I mean, and be exposed to different things. Um, and I think that's why a lot of people dislike him because he's he doesn't care, and as, as we should, we shouldn't care for what people think of our opinions. You yeah. know, he bases a lot of his uh, points on factual evidence yeah. on, you know, success rates of marriage, success yeah. rates of uh, in in the careers of men. That's why people mm-hmm. refer to him as Top G. That gets annoying because a lot of people, I just feel like you could just call him agitate. But outside <laughs> of that, I mean, I I I think a lot of women just don't want to listen to. The, like a lot of his points because they've already been predisposed to he's a misogynist yeah. he's he's narcissistic and yeah, yeah. I've watched a lot of his because I think a lot of women try to say you need to stay home and take care of the babies and, and cook me dinner and etc cetera, etc cetera. but at the same time here's, here's a flip side too a lot of uh, men uh, by the way men also have their um, fault attitude as well because uh, you know, there, there's a, you have a, you know, a men and women. They got to come together and eventually build a relationship so they could build a marriage and build a family. Um, a lot of people think, well, Tate's trying to say uh, uh, girls can't be a bo- you know a boss bee, like the boss bee mentality, right? Mm-hmm. Boss bee, boss bee. Listen, I got twin twin girls. I want them to be a boss bee. I want them to be uh, not to the extent where they don't need, you know, they, I want them to have their independence. I want them to have their money. I want them to be squared away. I want them to believe in their faith. I want them to believe in their understanding with their relationship with the man upstairs. But I want them to think of that, okay, uh, I'm a boss B, but I don't need a man. That's the problem. Take care of yourself as an independent one, but know that you're prepared for a relationship down the road to continue the Sapala last name, mm-hmm. to continue the procreation of good human beings in his, in his world. But I don't, you know, for me, I mean, do you like uh, women? Do you, a woman in your life? I never liked it uh, if I knew if Sheena was always going to the clubs. Yeah. I don't know if she would be my wife today. One thousand percent. You you know this, and for everyone that's watching, you you all know this. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm very big on principles and values, man. Very very big on principles and values when it comes down to to uh, relationships. I think that's one of the main reasons why I become extremely picky over time, and it's not so much of. Um, it's it's not so much of um just I, I guess uh, you can say being uh, uh, self centered or just you know you know blocking off anything to come my way. It's just I, I know what I want, and I think the more the more uh, clear you are on what you want and which direction you're headed, whether you're a man or a woman, uh, I think the more clarity you have, you tend to you know filter out the weeds from you know from everything that you're trying to to attain when it comes down to a relationship. So you become a little bit more to yourself, and you really aren't uh, focused on just on the looks anymore and just the superficial things of what a relationship could bring. But one of the things that I did learn about this guy, man, that I learned um, that I learned about business just from observing this guy is polari- uh, polarization is marketing. Andrew, Andrew Tate, he's a and polarizing figure. he knows figure. the game. He knows the game. He knows the he's game. He's a polarizing so figure, man. Very strong polarizing figure. Um, it's the reason, why, uh, the reason why he continues to trend despite of being banned from all these social media platforms and even going to jail. You know, is being able to identify a controversial topic, 
understand both sides of the argument, pick the side that aligns with your target audience, and share the views that will outrage the opposing side, but will land well with your target audience. And another figure is Elon Musk. Yeah. You know, polarization creates engagement. Engagement leads to more reach and, and exposure. More reach and exposure results in more engagement. It's a vicious cycle consistently. Yeah. And I think, uh, if anything, Andrew Tate is helping people recognize their roles all over again. Yeah. Because there's been such a skewing of roles. You know, one of the things, Lexia, that uh, I've, I've asked my kids to consider, you know, that saying, I'm just going to do me, I'm just going to do me, right? I'm going to do me. To me, that's a cop-out. It is. Right? It definitely is, yeah. I think as a society, we lack accountability, and when somebody tries to hold us accountable, it, we hate it. Yeah, exactly. I've Maybe. had a lot of fallouts due to that, and I completely understand it. And to touch up on your point, Milton, when it comes to being meticulous with what you want, I think... Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing wrong with that. As yeah. we grow and you learn to... Him or her. Okay. Thank no, you. no judgment, bro. Thank you, bro. appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like as we grow, um, um, I think it's very important that, like you said, um, where we understand our roles. So... Gotcha. gotcha. Um, couple, couple things we want to uh, wrap up. Matter of fact, we probably have to... I probably have to do another uh, episode here on the de-dollarization. I think I'm going to do a separate video on the de-dollarization. So make sure you stay posted to Millionaire Goals podcast as well as the Seven Figure Squad YouTube channel. I'm going to do a separate, uh, and here's why. I'm just going to go over this very quickly because I want us to react to some, some videos here real quick. Uh, uh, if you look at my screen, uh, Saudi Arabia's cutting ties with the United States for economic independence. OPEC is shutting down their, 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 their production. So in other words, gas is probably going to be more expensive. China... Our enemies are getting together. China and Russia are getting together. They're not no longer trading the, uh, the U.S. currency. They're using the Chinese yuan. Uh, Kenya says get rid of U.S. dollars. So Kenya's moving to to uh, different uh, reserve currency. Japan breaking from United States and allies commits to buying Russian oil. Uh, uh, again, Kuwait, Oman, Algeria to cut oil production output by the end of 2023. Chinese yuan surpasses the euro to be, become Brazil's second largest reserve currency. So I'll do a video of this in another episode here, but I want to react to a couple of videos here. Um, can we look at the, the video here on um, New York landlord says the gold age of being a landlord is over. A lot of people are, are wanting to invest in real estate. Buy real estate, buy real estate, buy real estate. So can we can we take a look at this? Or or is it on my end, uh, Jordan? Okay, L let me go to the next one. Let's go to that TikTok video. I'm, I'm going to go, because I got to load up on my end. Uh, this TikTok video here of who lacks sex. Let's take a look at this episode, or excuse me, this quick TikTok here, and who's actually lacking sex. What? Who lacks sex speaks about sex. Hungry talks about food. A person who has no money, about money. And our oligarchs and bankers talk about morality. What's your quick feedback on that? So in other words, if whatever you're lacking, you're talking about? Yeah, your fears get withdrawn during times of pressure and stress. From what so in other words, we're talking about money and faith and fatherhood. We're doing a podcast that we're lacking <laughs> faith. I think it's during the hard times. You know, when you're completely under a lot of stress and under a lot of pressure and it, come, it just erupts in the middle of, of an argument. I think that, you know, you can kind of tie that into relationships when you're arguing with your spouse or your partner and money tends to be the, the surrounding factor on why you're arguing or the lack of sex or the uh, incompetent sex that your partner gives you, especially a lot of men out there who are very incompetent when it comes down to knowing how to lay a smack down in the bedroom yeah. because, because of their, uh, their diets and their lifestyles. Um, but that's my perspective. But, you know, listen, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in what you talk about, you be about. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know about this uh, two cents here. Maybe what you flex. Yeah. 
yeah. is because you lack sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because you're lacking what you don't have. So it depends on how you talk about that topic. Yeah, yeah I think that's yeah. a good point. Right? For because sure. because if you're talking well about it or you're complaining about it, really it helps you understand, okay, that person is one who wants to bless people with this conversation, with his experience with it. Or this guy's just complaining to lay, you know, to lay the blame to hide the shame because mm-hmm. they don't want to get in the game. Uh, let's go to the next one about how to tell if a girl doesn't like you. Uh, Lex, we're going to definitely need your perspective She's on this. Absolutely. <laughs> how to tell if a girl doesn't like you. Let's take a look at what uh, this video has to say. She's not interested. It's really that simple. If you are trying to contact a woman and you're getting delayed response, when a woman likes you, she will cancel plans. She responds immediately. She becomes available. When she doesn't really like you that much, she's unavailable. It's really that simple. It all makes sense. That's very true. How do you know that's kind of like just baiting positioning? Um, well, so... I tried this once, I lost. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I think a lot of women try to see how they can benefit from a situation. So it's not even just if she likes you, it's just what, how is she benefiting from it. I've had friends where they don't like a man, but they will continue to entertain the man because there's something they're receiving from it, whether it's sex, whether it's money, whether it's attention. They'll do it. So, yeah, she's completely spot on when it comes to if a woman's trying with you, she's interested. I'm not going to say in dating you, but she's right. interested in whatever you're offering. It's really that simple. <laughs> to all the men out there, just get out of their DMs, find a hobby, go to church, yeah. make some money, go to the gym. What a good point. How, how do you feel about DMs in your IG? I mean, you, you, got a, you got a decent following in your IG. I ignore them. I am not going to find a man on Instagram, I'm letting you know right now. I think that if I... you. I've, I've actually had a lot of friends complain about the men that they run into and vice versa. The, the mm-hmm. males complain about the women that they uh, encounter. And it's like, well, have you thought about where you're encountering them? Mm-hmm. You know, the clubs, yep. nightlife. Yep. Um, how'd you meet? Oh, Instagram. Yep. How'd you meet Tinder? I'm not, not knocking. I've actually had friends who have marriages out of, mm-hmm. you know, dating apps. But um, we've lost touch with how we interact and in how person. we court, yeah. yeah, and I think that's 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 a the biggest problem right now when it comes to dating. Lack of so, yeah, let's talk about how to find a wife. So, uh, Jordan, there's a video here that we should react to in terms of how to find a wife. I wonder what uh, their insight might be on this particular topic. How to find a wife? Here we go. I'm single. You're single. What do you say we get married? Well, I'm glad you finally decided on the direct approach. Yeah, well, I'm a businessman at heart. As am I. What's your offer? Single rich male seeks matrimony. Primary residence? Westchester County. Would you be open to considering a secondary residence in Manhattan? Central Park West? South. Done. (laughs) Time spent together? Eight hours, five days a week. Seven hours, 12 hours weekends. 55 hours aggregate, specifics to be determined later. I'm amenable to that, children. One. Three. Two. Done. But one of them has to be a male. I'll see what I can do. <laughs> December, Hawaii. June, the vineyard. June, fine, but Hawaii. Nope, the vineyard. Is that a deal breaker for you? I'm afraid so. Me too. Well, we gave it a shot. I'm sure you'll find a better match. Thanks for the time. If only it was that easy. Well, hey, at least they didn't waste around and uh, have kids oh, and go through a divorce and split the assets 50-50. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> What's your thoughts on that? Um, well, I think I've actually had this conversation with somebody before. Um, a lot of parents send their, 
daughters off to go find a husband in college. I don't know if you've wow. ever heard that story. Yeah. Like, Holy moly. In college? In college. Yeah, absolutely. And if you statistics show like there's there's that that age, I'd say 18 to 23 is where you find, you know, your lifelong partner. And if not, you're going to find it later in life. But I will say um, we, we as a society now, we do a lot of beating around the bush when it comes to trying to find somebody we date and compatible with. Um, I, I don't, I've, I've struggled. So I, as I was in a long-term relationship and coming out and getting back into that dating world, it was just like, I don't, I don't know. People have just lost, like I said, I'll go back to courtship and approach like they, they, that's terrible now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, you, <laughs> you know my situation, man. I don't, I don't, I don't know what you want me to say. But the audience doesn't know your situation, bro. I just like, I just like having fun with it because you we're like going to eventually find Milton here. A good woman in his life. All right, and, here. Uh, I, I, we're going mil- to have Milton marry an awesome woman of I, God. I created a fi- five-second uh, resume. <laughs> I'm 6'2". I like long walks on the treadmill. I'm kind of funny, kind of awkward. Jesus loves me. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to love just as hard. I got good credit. I can afford a 10-piece nuggets from Wendy's, which is a come-up from McDonald's, um, and a grande instead of a venti from Starbucks. So that hey. is my resume, ladies. Bro, you're lying on that, bro. You're like, you're not 10-piece. No you're, you're a sushi guy. The grande guy. is smaller than the venti, though. No, I thought, I thought uh, the venti is only 20 ounce. No, I think the venti is the largest. That's tough. The, tall, what, the tallest what is the small. What he's trying to say, ladies, is that if you feel like a 10-piece McDonald's and you value that and you appreciate it and you're grateful for that, there's much more around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just exposed you. Thanks, thanks for the stamp. You, uh, you're appreciate welcome. the edification. Um, let's, let's go to this next video here. Um... Um, on uh, Patrick but David, what the USA needs today, what the USA needs today, uh, from my mentor Patrick but David, because I think a lot of this um, craziness happening in America today is because of just America's trying to say I'm going to do me, and in the process of doing me, we're losing sight of the greatness of what our country is built on, the values and principles of what makes America America. So, uh, what USA needs today is what. understand people who are willing to risk life living without God. Hmm. I I can't understand that life. Because to live a life without God, you think you know it all. I don't think I know it all. To live life without God, you think you can do it all on your own. I can't do it all on my own. To live a life without God is saying you have all the answers. I don't have all the answers. I need help in raising of my kids with good people around me as well because I only have a certain amount of hours with them every day. They go to school. Mm-hmm. To, to live a life today without God, man upstairs, prayer, a community you're a part of, if there's ever been a time in our lifetime, at least you know in the last however many years, to risk living life without God, this is by far the worst season to do that. What's your thoughts on that? What's where, where's your faith? Your your, regardless of what religion people are involved in, to not have a God in your life. How is it having a God in your life? Your faith, big man upstairs, made an impact in your life. And what need, would you be without? You, him? You, you need to be able to be rooted into something. You need something to fall back on. 
you you need to understand and we all need to understand that we all come from source i feel like we're all little little mini resources on this physical earth trying to put one big puzzle piece together and i, I do believe that every single person on this on this earth has a specific gift or if not calling that they're meant to pursue and go after and i believe that that purpose that you have within you that gift that you have within you because god placed that gift within you strategically a lot of people go out looking for these gifts and exterior things and women and men and money and careers and jobs and just all these, all these distractions but god placed that gift in the most strategic place possible that you'll be able to find it but that's the last place we look and that's literally within you and the moment that you start spending more time with god your identity starts to expand you start literally filling in the gaps and you start to recognize who you are what you're meant to become and what you're meant to do and that within itself i do believe it's going to create room for you it's going to create purpose for you and at the same time it's going to be able to create a some form of monetization so that way you can make money off of that and that way you can also serve the world amen yeah biggest, my biggest thing man. profound bro yeah hit the nail on the head with that one <laughs> i cannot follow that one up <laughs> what's your thoughts um, having a faith, having a God in life. Yeah, in I life. think I'll, I'll kind of piggyback off what Milton said. I think um, no matter whether you think it's a higher power, whatever yeah. your belief is, I do think that it is important to remain rooted. Uh, there was a point in my life where um, I left and was just trying to discover myself in college. And I wasn't really focused on my faith. And when I graduated and really was kind of like I told you, dealing with that depressive phase and whatnot, like part of what helped me kind of find my way back and really start feeling like I was fulfilling my purpose and serving was, you know, finding my way back to my faith. I'm not saying church. I'm saying my faith, you know, however you practice it, whether it's on your own, you spend time with him, just like Milton said, like, I truly think that your life will change. So there shouldn't, you will never find me not, be, not rooted in my faith ever again, because I was, I was a lost soul then. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Um, if we can just share this one last thing before you wrap up, uh, just show my screen here. Uh, in scripture, in James, it states that a small rudder makes a huge ship turn whenever the pilot, wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. So for me, having a faith, having a, a disposition where I'm going to, if I'm a ship and I'm trying to go from one place to another, that rudder to me is the values and principles of what my creator puts in my rudder. And when, back to the point, uh, I'm going to do me, I, I'm going to do me. Doing me is like having a big ship, but you have a, you just have a, uh, what do you call it, a paddle. Mm -hmm. And you try to put it in the water and you get this huge ship going, but it's not really making much of a difference in this huge storm. But if you have a rudder and you're trying to navigate life and you realize how strong that rudder is, you have this huge ship you're going to and fro, you're going to be able to navigate through a lot of problems you're going to face in your life, the challenges that you have in your life. Because the big man upstairs has his rudder attached with the, to help you with the decision-making process of dealing with a family, finding the right wife, finding the right husband, uh, leading your children, leading your business, leading your finances, and all aspects of your life. If you don't have that rudder and you're in the storm and you're in that ship, you're all over the damn place. So, uh, again, the inspired word of God here before... Easter comes this Sunday. Uh, as we wrap up, uh, Lexi, I appreciate you uh, being here. Um, as our special guest here, any, any final thoughts here in our, in our podcast? I appreciate you investing time with us. Um, I've been on a few podcasts, and I'd say I thoroughly enjoyed um, the pace in which in all our conversations, I think they were fruitful and advantageous to you know everybody watching. Thank so you. I you you got to come it. back on. Hey, I am here. <laughs> <laughs> Just call away. <laughs> uh, where can people find your gym? Um, 
It's in Carrollton, 2405 East Beltline Road. Um, we are right in the center of DFW Metroplex. So if you're coming from north, south, east, west, we are pretty much the same distant, equidistant from always. So no excuses. Triple D Performance Center on Instagram as well. We have a website. Um, but get connected with us. We have a bunch of trainers there. Um, okay. I'm currently only the female trainer. So my ladies, if you're looking for a female trainer, I'm your girl. There it is. <laughs> Milton, final thoughts. Well, based on the topics we spoke about today, man, you can't be afraid of, uh, of causing a disruption in life. The closer you get to God, the more you're going to stand out. Get ready for isolation. Get ready for open doors and closed doors. People who cause a disruption won't be forgotten. Lives are literally counting on you to step into your purpose, into your calling, and allow God to move through you. I think it's one of the most selfish things in the world to just live for yourself and be scared to take that leap forward. The moment that you decide to say yes to God and yes to the calling in your life, there are many lives that are going to change because of how God's going to work in you and through you. Amen to that. Man. And for those of you watching this, uh, just know that uh, there's a big plan for your life. There's a big plan. There's a big purpose for your life. God doesn't make mistakes. He makes circumstances, so therefore you can find that purpose. You can find him in the storm. And uh, when I'm looking through some of the best things in my life is because it's a result of me having faith through the worst times in my life. If I want, By the way, if I want better things in my life, guess what I have to prepare to go through? More tough times. And uh, uh, don't ask for circumstances to be easier pray for you to get stronger to deal with the next best version of you that cannot wait to meet you. That being said, if you're watching this episode, make sure you follow Lexi, make sure you follow Milton, make sure you subscribe to the Millionaire Goals YouTube channel and drop your comments below, your thoughts, your feedback. You agree with us? You don't agree with us? Please, we want to know. That being said, God bless you guys and I'll see you next Wednesday. By the way, I'll be here again tomorrow. I have a very special guest named Tommy Harris, former draft pick of the Chicago Bears, who wrote a book called Endure. And you got to check that out. Our conversation tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Uh, I think it's 1 o'clock or 12, 12.30, 1 o'clock. We'll post it here in a minute. Uh, Central Standard Time mm-hmm. tomorrow. That being said, God bless you all. Until we meet again, continue to live smart. Continue to love smart. And be money smart today. Bye-bye. <laughs>